Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Sinister Parlor. Good evening, fiends. Welcome to another episode of Sinister Parlor Podcast. I'm Zombie Barbie, and tonight I have a very special guest, director, writer, producer, and incredible fucking actor, Todd Jenkins. <laughs> hey. Hey, thanks for having me on. <laughs> I was like, who's she talking about? <laughs> You're like, who's that guy? <laughs> who's the special guest? Oh, it's me. <laughs> we have another guy coming on here in a second. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I won't have to carry it myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought you were a great actor. You're, you're, you're bombing right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you really are good, though. Like, everything that I watch you in, you are so natural. And I always, you know, since I'm in the business, I watch all of that stuff. And you just, it just flows. It just seems yeah. natural. And that's really hard to do. It is hard to do. I, it, and that's because you haven't seen any of my early work. If you were to go back, like, you know, 15 years or so ago, you can see a lot of the shitty movies I was in. <laughs> <laughs> we all start somewhere, but though, I right? look totally different then, so you probably wouldn't even know it was me. Well, I was looking at your movie. Yeah, people... And your hair was like... If I ever become famous, they'll dig that shit up on me. You'll be like, remember how bad you sucked when you were in this movie? And I'm like, yes, I remember. Oh, that's sad. People are dicks. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. Well, I didn't start out in the business like most people. I didn't like go... I've, I've never taken an acting class, even to this day. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had no dreams or aspirations of being an actor. It was just like a, an accidental thing that happened to me. Oh, how how'd it happen? You want, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I want the, the story. Have you, seen the movie, <laughs> have you seen the movie Office Space? Yeah. Okay. So I was working at a life insurance company and I worked on computers and, and our job was a lot like the movie Office Space where they started coming in and interviewing us mm -hmm. and asking us what we did and stuff. And the reason they were doing that is because they were going to sell the company. So when they, when they sold the company, they all had a meeting with us and said, Hey, we don't know what we're going to do with any of you people, but if you'll just like hang out for like the next year and a half, if we, for some reason, can't find a job for you, or we end up laying you off or getting rid of you, we'll give you this awesome severance package. So for like that whole year and a half, we didn't do jack shit. We like played hacky sack. Um, some of the stuff that I talked about in the movie, uh -huh. <laughs> Creek. you know, guys were having sex, including me, uh, on the oh job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, any, anything I could do. And then I would get on like dating websites and play video games. I mean, anything we could do because there was absolutely no work to be done. We just literally went there every day and sat in this uh, storage room where there was computers, uh, where they stored all the computers. And then we would get online and just find ways to goof off and stuff. So I was on a dating website and this lady was <laughs> like, hey, you should come and be an extra in a Chuck Norris movie. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then I went and did it and the rest is history. <laughs> Shit, that's cool. Fuck yeah. So I, I had no idea that I, I, I love movies and I, I was a huge movie collector and I went to movies to see the newest movie every Friday night. I was a huge movie fan, but I didn't know that I would ever be able to get in the business or work as an actor or director or any of those things. Mm -hmm. Damn. But after that day, I fell in love with it. Once I was on set and I got to see how everything worked, 
I was like, man, I think I could do this for a living because if my job ends up going away, what the hell am I going to do? Because I've been here for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So when that job went away, I was like, I'm just going to go into the, the film industry full speed ahead. And that's what I've done ever since. That's fucking awesome. See, I like stories like that, or it's just like, it's yeah. just a whole completely different story than, you know, I was, my dream was to be an actor. I went to LA, I gave up everything and I started doing auditions. It's like cool to hear how it just randomly happened. It just randomly happened. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, what? Total, total freaking accident. Yeah. And look at you now. Now you're in like big movies. That's badass. <laughs> <laughs> What um, made it, you want to start great writing? It's to be in some big movies now. I love it. Oh, fuck yeah. Set? Um, What made you decide, so you were acting, but what made you decide you wanted to like write movies and direct them and do everything? I didn't want to write movies. I still don't want to write movies. <laughs> the reason <laughs> I had to write the movie is I couldn't find a script that I wanted to put my money into or just like put everything into. I just couldn't find a script. I, a lot of the scripts I was reading, I wasn't into them or they were like too big of a budget. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was, everything I've done is kind of like you're forced to do it. Right. It wasn't like I wanted to be, learn how to be a, a DP, learn how to light or any of that stuff. I didn't want to learn all that, but I was kind of forced to because we didn't have that kind of, the kind of budget that we needed to hire those people. Mm -hmm. And then even when we did have the budget on other projects, they were like, Oh man, I don't want to do this movie. This is, this is too raunchy. It's got too much language. It's got nudity. I don't want to do it. So I was like, pussies. Really? Yeah, <laughs> you guys are going to worry about what's in the movie. Like you're, you're not going to take the money and just do the job and they wouldn't. So I was like, wow. okay. Cause a lot of guys were like, they were kind of like the guy in the movie. They were whipped by their women and they were like, dude, my woman will like break up with me or divorce me if I work on your movie. And I was like, are you kidding <laughs> me? You're like, like, it's I mostly dicks. Why would she break movie, up with you? I'm the one doing everything. Like I had to do all the, like the most nudity and the most yeah. graphic stuff was me. So <laughs> I thought it was weird that all these guys were like, no man, if I'm around any tits or anything, my wife or girlfriend will break up or divorce me. So I was like, well, fuck it then. I'll just have to learn how to do everything. Well, <laughs> so, you, you did. You did a damn good job. Yeah, too. I did. <laughs> I think that's the reason the movie got finished and I, and I like it so much is because it was one of those things where Murphy's Law was happening every single day and mm -hmm. it just became this huge shit show. So I was like, no matter what, I'm going to fucking finish this movie. It's like, it's all I'm living for is to finish this movie. No matter what obstacles happen, I'm going to finish this fucking thing. Mm -hmm. so that, that was what it was like every single day on the movie. There was always some crazy obstacle that you had to get through. So when people watch it, they're like, man, it looks like you guys had the greatest time ever. And I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> we were having a very hard time filming the movie. And it was one of the coldest winters we've had here in Texas in a long time when we were filming. And I think it was uh -huh. like, probably there was times it was in the single digits. So it was really rough on us. What year was it? Was it 2013 that you did it? Oh God. When we filmed it, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, Probably three years ago. Three I mean, I'd have to ago. actually look. Cause I was look at my photos. See, see what the date says. Ago. Yeah, because I was down there to um, work on a short film, yeah, and it was. Back, but it, I can't even cheat on my phone right now because this is a new phone and it doesn't have the pictures on it. So I'm like, shit. Oh man, I hate that. But yeah, I was in Texas um, a few years back, and you know, filming a short film, and it was fucking freezing i remember the director saying this isn't normal it's not normally like this and it was so so cold so i wonder if it was the same that was year. probably the same time then. Mm -hmm. it was horrible 
I mean, there's times there's times at Christmas here. It's like seventy five. So it it, it it was probably the same year. I bet, when yeah. you start getting into like ten degrees and eight degrees, that's that's really rare for this area. Yeah, it was so cold. It was windy, and it but was it was rough. Like, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it was very rough, and I was sick the whole time. I had the flu, and Aww. I was vomiting and everything. If if, if there was a COVID nineteen, everyone would have said I had it for sure back then. Oh, right. You never know. I it could have been here. Working with me because I was just so fucking sick. I had and I had had a fever. I had everything, but people knew that I'd already spent my money. I mean, when you're mm-hmm. when you're doing a film and the money's been spent and it's your money, you can't just postpone it and come back another day. Yeah. I mean, you're paying for locations, you're paying actors, you're paying for time. You can't get it back. So you either shoot or you don't. So yeah. thankfully everybody was okay working through it. God, I'm amazed you could work through it. Cause I mean, that's bad. It is bad, but you just don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And now you have a good story. <laughs> you're like I was sick as fuck. It was freezing. And I thought I was going to die. And I finished this motherfucking movie. Yup. <laughs> That's why I tell people, I mean, I don't want to hear your fucking excuses because they're always like, well, this family member got sick. This family member died. We had so many deaths with everybody in the movie. We had people dying left and right. I think I lost my dad, my aunt, my uncle. I lost a a lot of people. Oh, God. And then my mom was in ICU after she did the scene that's in the movie. Mm -hmm. She was in ICU for almost three months with pneumonia. Oh, my gosh. So. She wasn't in the ICU the whole three months, but she was in the hospital for a really long time. Yeah. I don't think it was three months. It was probably a total of like uh, six to eight weeks or something. It was a ridiculous amount of time. God, poor thing. And she's the one that um, said something like, you motherfuckers, or what'd she say? <laughs> yeah, she's the one that says, kissing asses out of style, lay down and I'll shit in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah, she actually would say that from time to time. So I was like, man, I got to put that in the movie. That'd be funny. Because she dropped it on me one day when she found out I was doing this movie. She was like, hey, is there, can I act in your movie? And I was like, oh, boy, how do you tell your mom no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aww, I can't tell her no. So I was like, okay, um, I'll write something. And she's like, I'm really good at cussing people out. And I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'll, I'll write something where you cuss somebody out. I Just let me think about it for a minute. So I, that's where I came up with the idea to put her in the kidnapper scene. That was awesome. She's a cool lady then. If that's really how she is, that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, she's super cool. Super cool. Oh, well, good. Well, I guess we didn't even really say the name. So the movie we're talking about is Cherokee Creek. We just started talking about it. We didn't really say the name I of it. I thought I did, but I may have forgotten. You maybe you did for a second. What we're talking about here. But yeah, Cherokee Creek is the movie. Yes, everybody has. To, I ended up finally buying it. So I've rented it a few times and then I bought it because that you have to own that movie. That movie is so fucking good. It's funny. It's entertaining. So you got Every, the actual Blu-ray then? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay, I've already, cool. Yeah, yeah, and I've already watched it. You saw it. all that controversial shit we said at the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize those were real stories either when you guys were in the van talking about shit until Billy told me. Almost everything, um, there's a lot of stuff in the movie that's really, those are all true stories, just about all of them. <laughs> Besides the Bigfoot part. I mean, obviously, Bigfoot didn't show up and rip off anybody's cock or anything, but <laughs> everything else is pretty much, pretty much happened at some point in my life or Billy's life or, you know, someone we know. And a lot of those characters are based on people I grew up with and that I'm friends with, so. Yeah, 
Oh man. That's, That's why I think it's funny when they're like this, this guy who wrote the script, he's writing about characters that are just unbelievable. Like I can't believe there's people like that. I'm like, uh, yes, there is. Oh yeah. All those characters exist. Even the, even the Caroline character exists. There's, I do know some girls that are like Caroline yeah. and, and the Pat character as well. <laughs> Pat, Pat was fucking funny. <laughs> he was an ass. <laughs> oh, wait, no. no. That's Chad. Actually, Chad. Chad is the, Chad's the raging atheist guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he was an asshole, but Pat was actually really funny. And like when he passes out, I fucking kept rewinding that part yeah. when you guys scare the shit out of him. I rewound it and rewound it because he's just all. Just like we, we didn't know that was going to happen. I don't, I don't know if you knew that or not, but we didn't know that scene was going to happen that way. I, I think we were trying to figure it out. And he goes, hey, I got an idea. Let's just try something and see what happens. They're like, all right, we'll see what you can do with it. So we kicked in the door, and then all that scene is improv. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. So it, it was good that we stayed in the moment and we got through it. It's funny, too, because a lot of people don't realize my, my cat that had passed away, Jinx, mm -hmm. is the name. I named my cat Jinx after my nickname growing up. And uh, oh. he's actually on the guy's lap that's on the toilet. <laughs> okay. And I put that in the movie because for some reason, I don't know if you have any pets, but the pets, always, if you ever go take a dump, all the animals want to come in. <laughs> They're all inside. Anytime yeah. I go anywhere in the house. They always want to come in here in the bathroom. Yep. They'll wait, outside the they'll wait outside the shower when I'm showering. So I have to put a little bed in there for one of mine and she'll lay on the, like my robe or the towel and she'll wait until you shower. Yeah. When you're doing your makeup, they come in. Well, you don't do makeup, but when I'm doing my makeup, they come in. If I have to go to the bathroom, they're in yeah. there. It's like, holy shit. You're like children. They are. My, my cat, one of my cats is in here right now. The other one probably wishes that she was in here, but yeah, but my wife is in there too to catch the cat when he, we, we didn't know he was going to throw the cat up like that. We didn't know what was going to happen with the cat. But he had the cat in his, in his lap, we kick in the door, he throws the cat. I mean, you almost have to go frame by frame or you'll miss the cat. And then my wife catches the cat, holds the cat, and then he's got his pants like hanging down. You can see his ass and balls and all that stuff. So it was like, okay. So that, we had no idea that was going to happen, but we used 100% of it in the movie. It was all one improv take. Damn. How did you not laugh and, like, have to cut? <laughs> I, guess we, I guess me and Billy were just staying in the moment, you know? I was like, I, we knew what he did was so good. We're, like, we're, we're probably thinking to ourselves, let's don't fuck this up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> stay in it. Stay with it. And the funny thing is the guy who, uh, the young kid in the movie who is uh, dressed in a Bigfoot costume, he was actually running the camera on that. And that was his first day to ever run a camera. Oh, wow. He actually shot us running in to do the kidnapping too. Like that, that running steady cam looking shot. Uh -huh. that's in the movie when we jump out of the van. Yeah. He got that too. So, I mean, I was really hard on him and everybody because they had never done anything like that before, but I was like, you got to do it. We got to get it done like ASAP and all this stuff. And he, he did an awesome job. Yeah, he did. That was that's how everything was. It was like everybody was learning as we would go. If there was any actors that were standing around on set or, or anything, I'd be like, hey, can you bring me that light? Can you uh, help with the microphone? Can you do this? Sometimes mm -hmm. they would, sometimes they, but sometimes they weren't there. Like near the end of the movie, it was basically me with just setting up the camera and the lights and then putting the mic on a stand to get all the audio, like that stuff of Billy and... Um, uh, the Chad, not Chad, but Pat character at the end of the movie mm -hmm. where they're in the van and they're running from Bigfoot and all those scenes. Mm -hmm. There was absolutely nobody out there on those days. It was just me and them. 
Oh, wow. So you were doing everything. It got to the point where there was like nobody helping anymore because the movie had been going, our schedule was so crazy and mm -hmm. it was just so cold and everybody was going off and doing other movies and other projects. So it was like, well, I guess it's just me and you guys tonight. <laughs> Let's go see what we can get. Wow. But we always got really good stuff. So we were, we were shocked to see how good it turned out. Yeah. A lot of it turned out, well, the whole fucking movie turned out great. I mean, it's, it's so good. I'm just, I'm really glad I met you guys because it's cool to, a lot of movies you don't know about until you either, you know, see it on Facebook or Instagram. And I think that's how I found you guys. Somehow I found you on Instagram. I'm like, I got to right. check this shit out. And it was, it was probably, so good. I probably found you guys. I think uh, I was always looking for people who liked horror films and liked the genre. So I would spend like eight, 12 hours a day seeking out people that I thought that might like the movie. And then I would follow mm -hmm. them and hopefully they'd follow me back and yeah. then they would check out the movie and, and then we would become friends after that. Yeah. And so that's probably friends. how it happened. Or maybe I was advertising on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know, because I ended up, because what I'll do is, you know, I'll find, like, a movie, um, and then I'll follow it, and then I'll kind of go through and see, like, who the directors are and the actors and stuff, and I follow them, and then I just start following their work from there. Social media is great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be great. It can be. It, it's getting a little, it, it's gotten, it, it's gotten almost too controlling, though, in the last year or two. Like, I don't really trust it anymore. That's but when I first started doing the movie stuff and marketing the movie, it was really good. Mm -hmm. It was a good tool, but now it's like, if they th there's times that they find some of my posts offensive when I don't even do anything. <laughs> like I, yeah. I could literally just post a picture of the the movie poster or a still frame from the movie, and they'll be like, "Hey, you can't be doing this. You're violating the rules of Facebook." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, you're like, "Go fuck yourself." Right. Like we, we actually had one picture with like Santa Claus holding up our movie. Cause we had, a, we had done a commercial with Santa Claus with our movie mm -hmm. and they, they had said that was inappropriate. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm seeing like all these weird advertisements for like porn stuff and like yeah. penis attachments and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Wish. Have you seen I'm all like, this shit on wish? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. Yes. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Wish. Yeah. Gross shits on there. They don't get blocked at all for any of the wish stuff, man. The wish stuff is crazy mm -hmm. and nothing happens to them. But yeah, they were, I think it's just kind of like the whole Amazon thing because we're not, we're not a studio so they can just kind of treat you like shit if they want to. Oh yeah. Well, considering wish probably pays them to have any still, advertising. I still get email from Amazon saying our movie. That your movie's right, what? Exactly. I said, even on Amazon, they're still saying that they refuse to ever put it on streaming services because uh, it violates their rules and regulations that they don't allow nudity or um, gore or any of that in their movies that stream on Amazon. Oh, jeez. That's fucking such bullshit. Which we know is total bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, every movie you have on there has got nudity and gore in it. What are you talking about? Even your self-produced movies that y'all have on there. Yeah. They have like different series of movies on there that they actually produce that have plenty of sex and violence and gore. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's, it's just a hypocritical thing. And it's mm -hmm. definitely them discriminating against independent filmmakers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they don't care how much money. I mean, I mean, I tell people all the time, I was like, even if they make 50 grand off your indie film or they make a hundred grand, off, they don't care because they're making millions off of everybody else's. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. 
we're kind of in limbo right now trying to figure out how to get the movie back out because all all their business partners we don't know who's even still in business after this whole COVID-19 thing and so I've, I've been a little wary mm-hmm. of that yeah I know this COVID we thing would definitely like to get the movie back out on all the platforms mm-hmm. I'm trying to think oh, where I rented it I th- I thought I rented it where's it 99 cents at isn't that Amazon it's on Amazon for 99 cents, but it, back in the day, it was on all of them for 99 cents. It was also on um, iTunes. We did really well on iTunes. And then iTunes pulled iTunes it too? iTunes was my favorite platform to be on, honestly. Aww. No, I had to pull it. Oh. I had to go in and fight for the rights to get the movie back because the company that, was, that, that iTunes and all them were working with was stealing all the money from us. Okay, that was the um, distributor, right? No. The the weird thing is, is it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a distribution company or you're just doing one movie, they require you go through what they call an aggregator who basically represents the movie to those companies. Okay. So it's basically like having an agent, you know, like if you're an actor, you have to have an agent Mm -hmm. and they don't pay, like they don't pay you directly. They pay the agent, then the agent pays you. Mm -hmm. So basically they were the middleman that was taking your check and then they were supposed to uh, keep track of the accounting and then pay us. Well, they kept track of the accounting and kept it. Okay. Okay. So I kind of, so that's why I try to explain it to people. It's basically like if you had an agent, right. And they get you on this movie and your agent has like thousands of clients. And then that year the studio pays the agent for all the actors. And then none of the actors got paid because the agent stole all the money and just closed up shop. Okay. So we don't have, we didn't really have a choice. We didn't, we didn't want to go with any other company, but they won't work with you. Like you can't, you can't call iTunes up and say, put my movie on there. Yeah. There's no one you can contact through. Like, they're going to tell you like, this is a group of people that we work with. Choose one of them. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. We just chose one of the people they work with. So. Cause you didn't really have a choice. It just was a, we just made the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard yeah, to know I mean, too. It's just you like we, know. If you go any, mini money mode, we, Right. You don't know. You don't, you, it's never happened in the history of the industry where something like that happened. Now, distribution companies rip off filmmakers all the time. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. But this is a whole different thing where these people were just in charge of checking the movie for quality control and handling the accounting. That's really all they did. And they were the middleman between us and the digital platforms. Like they don't, We can't talk to the platforms, but they could talk to the platforms for us. Mm-hmm. It's really stupid. It, it doesn't make sense. I don't know why we shouldn't have a relationship directly with iTunes or Amazon or any of those companies. You should be able to contact them directly. But I think so too. Yeah. Work that way. Like even Shutter, Netflix, all those guys, you have to go through um, a producer rep. You have to get a rep, like a sales agent that can pitch the movie to them or another distribution company, you know, oh, or an aggregator. Okay. So you're always having to jump through more and more middlemen that you had to pay a huge percentage of your of your profits to get on the platforms. It sucks. Jeez, it's fucking, they make it so hard. Unless you're a big time studio, they, they make it fucking make it impossible. So they make it almost impossible. That's why I always tell filmmakers, I'm like, I know you want to make a movie, but what are you going to do with it? <laughs> like, they don't they don't think that far. They're just like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to make a movie, and it's going to come out everywhere, and I'm going to make millions of dollars. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mm, work that way. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, not that, that easy. easy. <laughs> it was we'd all be rich i wish it was it was, it was way easier back in the day so mm-hmm. 
I think when they made Blair Witch Project, I think they took that to Sundance and they sold it for like a million dollars to Lionsgate or something like that. But those those days are kind of far gone, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Well, so you are in a new big time movie, though. What is it called? What just released? Infamous. Infamous. <laughs> yeah, just open everywhere. Uh, I think it might be worldwide. I know it's nationwide on the 12th. June 12th, uh, we, had a, we had a big little, not a big, but we had a party over here at my place, a screening party. And as soon as it went live on iTunes, we all watched it. It was awesome. And just, so cool. just getting to watch it with the friends and family and watching them cheer on the different scenes, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. It was so good. Like I was telling you before we were, we were recording, um, I rented it on, I think, Friday night. It was so awesome fucking good i had a massive migraine and i was i stayed up just to watch it <laughs> well i appreciate you checking it out it, it's funny how many people have been calling me to come on since they heard about the movie but none of them watched it yet so i was like well it's kind of hard to have me on and talk about the movie if you didn't watch it <laughs> yeah yeah no, i've been excited well, what, what are we going to talk about then <laughs> yeah well i mean there is cherokee creek you know yeah it, we it, go it on forever. Really good. i like it a lot uh i know it's you know, you're going to get haters with every movie. I, oh, yeah. I, the thing that I don't get these days, if anybody, even with our movie Cherokee Creek or these other independent horror movies, people don't understand that we're independent movies. They don't even know what that means. They, they yeah. always want to compare these independent movies to studio movies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, by studio movies, I mean major movies that had like a $50 million to a $200 million budget. They want us to be delivering movies of that caliber. And I'm like, dude, we have nothing. Like someone like hands you this and goes, hey, go make a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and if you can make a badass movie with that, I think that that should count for something. But a lot of people are like, oh, man, this sucks compared to this $50 million movie. And we're like, yeah, we know it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. You're like, no but shit, I'm assholes. a huge fan of uh, independent stuff. I, I always liked, uh, what was it, Evil Dead. Oh, and yeah. I was a huge fan of like Clerks. How Kevin yeah, yes. did Clerks. Love I Clerks. love that movie uh swingers i thought that was a really good movie back in the day mm-hmm. like I, I i like the fact that they do those movies you have it's it's really a huge challenge to try to create something that has great production value good acting and a story and it's edited well when you have absolutely nothing to do it with mm-hmm. so i thought the movie was great but i think some people have tried to compare infamous to like natural born killers or something and i'm like dude that's not even in the same ballpark no no not, not even the same storyline that's a totally different movie yeah i thought it was all really well done so i didn't even re- so that so it's an independent movie yeah it started out as a, oh. as a i think it was a 100 percent independent movie and then they sold the rights to uh vertical entertainment from what i understand oh, okay. i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's what they do for a lot of these movies that are like if they have a budget less than five million or less than two million sometimes mm-hmm. i don't know what the budget on the movie was but i was i was very blown away with it when i saw it i was, was very good. impressed mm-hmm. the, i thought everybody did a great job i thought the, the yeah. director did an awesome job all the acting in it i thought was solid yeah it was super good and even the music i listened to the music as well on like all movies even oh, on yeah. cherokee creek you know all your background music i was listening to and i'm like that is really well placed and it sounds perfect for each scene that you put that you know the music in there thank you yeah that's another thing people don't realize get like normally 
to get music done that way would probably cost you anywhere from twenty to fifty thousand dollars to have a store done and then to have someone actually sell you their songs i mean they can for a well-known song they could charge you up to fifty thousand dollars just per song wow i didn't know that but people don't know any of that they don't know how hard it is you got to go out there beg borrow and steal to basically get anyone to help you with music or songs or anything it that's one of the things that takes the longest time is trying to find the songs i know just trying to get the songs for Cherokee Creek took forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, there was some I just thought, I was like, God, I'm never going to find them. The, uh, the original scenes where the girls were dancing around the campfire, mm-hmm. I had two live crew in there at one time. Oh. <laughs> that Pussy was the song I had. It was such a great song, and I had it edited so well. And then I had a Duran Duran song in there, Hungry Like, the, Hungry like a Wolf. Uh-huh. That was, I edited it to that. It was like every time I would pick a song, I would cut it and make it look awesome and then I could never get the rights to the damn song and I was like oh no one wants to work with me on this oh that's sad because I I, you know I'm like everybody else I'm like oh man if I cut this scene to their song and you know those songs haven't been around in a long time maybe they'd Mm -hmm. be willing to give us a discount to just you know get it back out there in circulation but it's it's almost impossible to even get in chart or in uh in contact with all these people Mm-hmm. So what song did you end up using? Oh, gosh. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, the, the, the song is, is it, I used both of this guy's songs. Uh, the name of his, uh, his band is Brain Claw, I think. I better check that. <laughs> See what happens when you put me on the spot? Man, my brain is not functioning anymore. <laughs> I'm going to say it's brain claw. And the funny thing about that was is early on, he had sent me some songs and was like, hey, check these out. If you'd like to put them in the movie, you can, you know, and I was like, okay, cool. And I heard them and I didn't, they didn't really fit. But then I, as I started thinking about it more and more and I didn't get clearance for those other songs, I was like, dude, I'm just going to go through his catalog on iTunes and listen to more of his songs. Mm-hmm. And that was how I found the ones that worked for the, the dick bar. <laughs> I mean, it, it got to the point I was creating songs myself, you know, using uh, the software on my computer trying to, to write and create songs on my own, and I'm not even a musician. Oh, fuck. So thank God it worked out and I was able to use it. <laughs> the dick bar. I'm going to go with Brain Claw, though, being the name. I just okay. don't remember the names of the songs. Oh, shit, that's funny. Um, well, and then In a few years. It has. <laughs> well, and then like the background sounds, um, you know, like when, you know, you guys are all creeping around the forest, was that someone's music or is that something you put together? It was kind of like. Uh, that was actually the score that's in the movie was written by John Masari, who did the movie Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah, I, I'm a fan of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Me too. And I met him on a couple other projects, and I said, "Hey, man, I don't want to have to try to write the music for this movie. So if you take a look and you might be interested, let me know." And he loved the movie. He's like, "Dude, I can okay. do so much movie if you'll give me a shot at helping you." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, of <laughs> we yeah. would love to help." You at all. <laughs> You're like, "I will not say no." Yeah, that was. Yeah, good. I'm not saying no to you, man. You don't have to convince me. I'm. <laughs> I feel like I got to convince you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. But we didn't have to convince each other. I mean, it was great. I was a fan of his work and I heard some of his, I knew some of his other movies he had done. 
and uh, it worked out, thank God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was perfect. It fit perfect. Um, so with Infamous, is that the part um, that you auditioned for? Like, did they give you that audition and then you went in and that's what you got? Or did you try for something different? Like, how did that all come about? I tried for something different. I think, I think at the original time, me and Billy were reading for that same role, the, the one that he got. Oh. And I remember him telling me he got it and I was pissed off. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the, the thing that people don't understand is me and Billy are friends and, and I'm friends with lots of actors, but when, you, when you're trying to pay your rent, and you're going into an audition room, you, you know you got a book. That's all there is to it. And they always, always read me and Billy against each other, almost all Aww. the time. <laughs> but we help each other, too. Like, a lot of times, if, if I read for something or I know of a movie that's going on, I'll, I'll let him know. I'll go, hey. And I usually help him with his auditions, too. Like, if he, co he comes to my studio, and then we'll work on his scenes, and I'm the one that usually sends his auditions off to the studios oh, and to his nice. agents and managers and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, my job is to help him book as much as he, as he, as he can because it helps us both. So mm -hmm. it just it's just coincidental. Sometimes he'll get the audition first, and then I might get it like five days later, or I'll get it first, and then he gets it five days later. You know, we never know when it's going to happen. And mm -hmm. sometimes we get them the same day. But when he got it and I didn't get it, I was like, fuck, I wanted to be in that movie so bad. It sounded like such a cool concept. So um, I, I thought it was over. I thought that was it. And then I, I don't know if they had a bigger name in the role that I auditioned for or what happened. Mm -hmm. uh, but luckily I got a call probably, I guess like a week after Billy told me he had booked it and they said, Hey, we got another role we want you to read for. And I was like, Oh my God, that'd be awesome. What is it? And they told me, and I was like, man, this is an awesome role. Mm -hmm. And I got a call back um, from my agent that day saying, Hey, the director likes you, the casting and casting likes you, but they can't pull the trigger on the deal yet. We'll have to wait and see what happens. And I think it took like a month before they pulled the trigger on me. So I was like, dude, what happened? Wow. <laughs> why, did I, why did I not hear anything? So it, I was nervous as hell forever because I really wanted that role. It sounded mm -hmm. like a lot of fun to get to shoot the shotgun and do all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, they finally called and, and hired me. But I was sweating that one. Every once in a while, most, most of the stuff you audition for, you just kind of have to forget about it and go, ah. You know, yeah. who knows what's going to happen because it's just such a crapshoot. But um that one I really wanted. So I would check in with my agent probably every seven to 10 days going, Hey, did you hear anything? She's like, no, they haven't said anything yet. So I don't know if they were, they were waiting on a bigger name or if they just hadn't pulled the trigger. I, I don't know. I'm just really thankful that Joshua Caldwell, the director and everybody who fought for me to get that part did. Oh, it, good. I love it. Yeah. So happy to be a part of the movie. You did great. It was so good. And like I said, it was so flawless. Like you were just, it was so natural. And I kept watching. I was like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? <laughs> and I don't know, like, what I can I don't say. ever know what I'm going to do. The funny thing is we didn't really rehearse that scene very much. Oh. Um, you know, we just did it. There's, there's something to that, though. I think, I think when you don't over – there's a lot of people that love to do all these rehearsals and over-rehearse. And I, and I think there's something that keeps it more natural when you just go for it. Mm -hmm. You don't know what the hell's going to happen. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't think I even shot a shotgun before. Looked like you had. You did great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thankful that it does look great. You know, I, the, there might be some uh, professional marksman or somebody who actually knows more about guns than I do that watches it and goes, what the hell are you doing? But, you know, I take that back. I think I shot a shotgun in another movie once. I think it, but it was many years ago. 
Mm-hmm. But anytime you're dealing with guns, it's a nerve-wracking situation. You got to be, you got to be very careful with guns. There's been so many people injured and killed on movie sets from guns. So you have yeah. to be. I don't care what it is. You have to treat every gun as if it's a real gun. I don't even care if it's a rubber gun. They will freak out on you and fire your ass if you're playing with it. Yeah. So always make sure I'm very careful with the guns. Even when I did the TV show MacGyver, um, they, I constantly had to, to check the gun. Like every time they say action cut, someone takes the gun away from you, whoever who's in charge of the gun. And then you have to check it again to make sure that there's been no live rounds put in it at all. Not in the magazine, not in the barrel. You got to keep constantly checking it all day long. And never wow. stop checking it. Yeah, because you just mom- never know. I mean, you got someone's life in your hands, and you're sitting there playing around with this thing because people don't realize, even though you're shooting blanks, something does come out sometimes. Yeah, some things that come out, and if you were to just take that blank and stick it to your head, it would probably still kill you. Oh fuck! God, that's. Scary. I was in another movie where they were shooting shotguns, uh, and the stuff that was coming out was so so much it like blew up a sign that was in front of them. <laughs> Whoa. It was like a sign that was like five feet in front of the blast of the gun and it just completely blew the sign away. Holy shit. So I was like, yeah, don't point those damn guns at me and shoot them because I don't know what's coming out of there or what damage it can do. Yeah. Well, even Brandon Lee on The Crow, he got shot and killed. Yeah, that's a a scary story, man. That sucks. Mm -hmm. I love that movie, though. That's one of my favorites. Me too. And I loved him. I loved The Crow. He was so good in The Crow. So good so sad i dressed up as a crow a couple times for halloween i always like it when you got the hair just hanging in the face and uh-huh it looks all scary and shit <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i love it <laughs> i actually almost got in a fight with a guy just like that i bet he was probably like what the fuck is going on <laughs> you guys are all fighting <laughs> oh, it was shit. scary man it was a scary situation it was one of those places where you park and it says don't pay the parking attendant, but this one time they had a parking attendant and he, he didn't he didn't um identify himself as a parking attendant. He just came up and started like cussing us out, saying we owed him all this money and you know we better fucking give it to him and all this stuff. And he seemed like a guy who was trying to steal it from us. Mm-hmm. He didn't even he didn't like I said, he never identified who he was. So that was a that was a scary story because I ended up grabbing him <laughs> and it wasn't a good it wasn't a good situation. <laughs> There was a little bit of grapple there that I'll let him know if he continued to, to fuck with us, it wasn't going to be good for him. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but I was like, dude, like, I mean, what could have happened in that situation? You don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think he was, he, was, uh, he was from another country, so he didn't really understand how it worked here. Mm-hmm. And he had a really thick accent, so just everything about it. Just seemed shady. Went so, so wrong. Mm-hmm. But luckily, <laughs> luckily, it did not. <laughs> you're like you're not in jail today good job <laughs> right that's the scary part man because you just don't know you don't know what's going to happen in those situations because mm-hmm. it could go south i mean someone could pull a knife a gun then one of you gets injured or killed and then you got to live with that so that sucks yeah yep. that's one of the things i do a lot if you remember in the movie there's like a dick bar owner manager guy that comes yeah. out and bangs on the window of the oh girl. yeah you have three drinks and lap dances. Yeah, he runs an awesome. He runs. A, yeah, yeah, he runs <laughs> this awesome tactical training school where he teaches people how to shoot and gunfight and shit. It's awesome. Oh shit, that's cool. So I've been to that, and you learn how much you suck at shooting because <laughs> you think <laughs> I'm going to be a badass with a gun, and then you learn, oh man, I don't even know how to hold it right. <laughs> 
they teach you a lot in those classes. I, I learned a lot. That's probably one of the few classes I've taken in my life that had anything to do with the film industry. And that was because he kind of made me. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm thankful that he did because I learned a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think he also trained Jeremy Renner on some of his movies too, if you know who that is. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That's fucking cool. Damn. Yeah, it is cool. Shit. So if you ever get a chance to go over to, uh, I think he, I think he does traveling and stuff and trains people in different um, states. But he also, his home base I think is over in uh, Camden, Nashville, Nashville, Camden, Tennessee, actually. Oh dang! I think that's near Nashville. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Camden, Tennessee. Does that make sense? No. I'm like I don't know I where suck that's at. Geography as well. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I had a. Uh, we'll just say it's in Tennessee. Somewhere. Somewhere in Tennessee, we think. Somewhere in Tennessee. <laughs> those guys are badasses, though, man. There's a, there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys. Did you ever see the movie Daylight's End? Daylight's End? I don't know. It sounds familiar, but I don't know if I've seen it or not. Who's in it? I'll send you the info. Part. You got to check that one out. That was one I did crew on in stunts. It's, oh. a, it's, a really good, it's a really good action horror film. Oh shit! Yeah, send me the link for sure. It's like a shoot 'em up action film with vampires. Oh, cool. Well, I guess they're they're kind of like vampires. I don't know what the hell they are, but you'll you'll see when you see. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I want to see that. Yeah, it's it's actually out free. I think on Prime and everything. That guy, his name, the director, his name is William Kaufman. He does a lot of kick-ass movies. Okay. So, okay. Will, if you hear this, please hire me for something else. Yeah. <laughs> please hire him. He loves you. <laughs> Yeah, fucking um, actors, man. We're always dying to work, you know. All, as soon as one movie's over, like, please hire me again. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably hard right now because you know, right? it's kind of like a drug. Oh, yeah. You like you. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's totally very hard. Like I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's scary as shit because it, I just want to get back to work and doing something again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're all just sitting in limbo, going. Is it ever going to start up again? We don't know. Fuck. No kidding. And it's like every day there's something new. So it's like, when is anything going to go back to normal? I guess after the election. I don't know. <laughs> we got a ways to go then. It's only June. Yeah, I know. It fucking sucks. I'm like, what else is happening? You know, I don't. Knock on wood. Last or whatever. I'm like, I don't want to. Like, wait a minute. Don't say that. <laughs> this isn't a real gun, by the way, if it's on <laughs> So a, you a, say. A toy gun that we use for our auditions. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and not a real grenade either, by the way. <laughs> People give me all this shit, man. Can you imagine if the cops came in? They're like, this guy's got guns, grenades, and I got a Tommy gun in the other room. This this guy gave me a Tommy gun because my production company's Movie Mafia Production. So oh, cool. I've got this mounted Tommy gun. So I was like, great. Can you just imagine them coming in and like, this guy's got fucking Tommy guns, guns, grenades, kill him. <laughs> yeah, they won't even ask questions. They'll just shoot. <laughs> that would suck. Well, they have beat on my door a few times and I went to the door and said, hey, is there a problem? They're like, well, we just heard like there was a lot of yelling going on. I'm like, well, we're auditioning for movies and television shows. They're like, yeah, right. And I'm like, you can come in and watch if you want. <laughs> oh, geez. So is it at your house or do you have a like a business somewhere where you do it? I got, I have a two bedroom apartment and we use this bedroom only for auditions. Oh, so people can hear you through the walls. Yeah, and the reason I don't do people. it at a business is because you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars of production equipment and who the hell is just going to leave that at some random place? Yeah, fuck no. 
And I also work till four or five in the morning most nights working with actors because a lot of them are bartenders or waiters. Oh, geez. So, you know, like Billy, for instance, there's sometimes he, if he's waiting, if he's a bartending, he may not get out of work till three. So he can show up over here at four in the morning. Oh my gosh. How do you sleep? When do you I sleep? Well, I have a weird <laughs> I don't. Like, I go to bed like at seven or eight in the morning most nights and then wake oh. up around one or two in the afternoon. Oh. If I'm lucky. But there's those times where you lay down at like six or seven and you got to be back up at 10. So it's yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. But that's the show business. You don't know. I mean, you don't know. I'm on call for some jobs, so I don't really know. I guess all the jobs are really on call because I have to just answer my phone. I don't know if it's going to be an actor or a production company or if I need to go because I also cover um, some news stories for like CBS that appear on CBS News and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So I don't know necessarily when those are going to work, but those are those are more like covering local businesses and stuff like restaurants and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much covering like the uh, protests or anything like that. Thankfully I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't want to do Being, that. Shit. I don't want to, I, I have no problem against people protesting. I just don't want to be out there in case a riot breaks out or people start getting violent. I don't want to be out there with all my gear trying to film all that. Yeah. Hell no. Cause your shit gets ruined and it won't get replaced. Right. Yeah, who's going to replace it? That shit's crazy right now. I don't Fuck, I, I don't understand what's going on. It's like it's so many different groups of mm -hmm. people that are at the protest. You don't know who's who. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or what their it's... agenda is because there's just so many different people. Yep. It's you got the peaceful scary. protesters, which are cool, but then mm -hmm. you might have this, this other group over here who has a totally different agenda and just wants to fucking shoot you. I mean, you don't yeah. know what they're doing. And they're all covered, so you're not going to know. You'll never find them. They have found some, though. I don't know how the hell they're finding them. It's like they can recognize them just with their eyes and if they show a little bit of their nose. <laughs> like an eye expert. Like they, uh, they got these lawyers who had actually blew up some police cars with the Molotov cocktail things. Whoa. They were able to catch some of those, and they were all women, I think. Oh, my gosh. Weird. It was like, yeah, these women were lawyers, and they're like, oh, we're going to go blow up some fucking cop cars. I'm like, okay. Holy shit. <laughs> And that's where you're at? Is that where you're at? No. Uh, no, I'm near Dallas. I don't think that's happened here. I did, there was a guy that was running around chasing people with a machete, though, and he got his ass beat. <gasps> oh, my God. Did you see that one? No. I'll see if I can find it and send it to you. It's crazy, though. This guy, I don't even know if he owned the place he was trying to protect. I think he was just a, someone who frequented the bar or something, and he was, like, chasing people. <laughs> And in like 15 seconds flat, it looked like they murdered his ass. <laughs> Holy shit. But I, but the rumor is he's alive, but he didn't look alive. I mean, he looked. <laughs> he didn't look alive. When they got done with him in like 15 seconds flat, like 10 or 12 people just beat his ass and hit him with rocks and kicked him in the head. I mean, he just looked terrible. Oh my God. They're like piranhas. <laughs> it's crazy shit going on, man. I don't know what... Well, they actually, we, we went out one day, we were going to go hiking outside my complex. We were, we were going to drive out of here to go like an hour away to go hiking. And as we were getting in the car to leave, our entire neighborhood filled up with uh, peaceful protesters. So we went and checked it out. It I think was, I saw that picture. Mm -hmm. So that situation was great. Um, and the weird thing was that the cops, no, no police officers had masks or gloves or anything on. Weird how that works, right? <laughs> so, yeah, there was. If you're if you're a police officer, you are protected from COVID nineteen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Fuck, it's just oh my god, it's insane. The whole COVID nineteen is the weirdest. It's the weirdest thing ever. I feel like we're in a horror movie every day. I was telling Billy, yeah. I was like, 
because you know in um Cherokee Creek we talk a little bit about um switchblade and the whole thing with switchblade it, it it's kind of based on what's happening today in our in our world mm-hmm. so it's like switchblade came to life <laughs> it's your guys's fault you so jinxed like, it oh my god i said i guess i'll wait. I guess we'll just wait and ha- see what happens with all this because it's, it's Switchblade coming to life. So hopefully it doesn't end the way Switchblade does. Oh, shit. Rewrite it real quick and then we'll be yeah. good. <laughs> I haven't wrote it, though. I have the story in my head, but I haven't put it all to paper yet. Just, like I said, I do- I'm not someone who wants to spend all my time writing because that's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. I think I have too much ADD to just be still and write all the time. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot of time. It, it can. Like, I got very, very lucky with Cherokee Creek. The story, I, I, I sat on the story for probably a year, and, like, every time I would be out and about or at the gym or if I was on the treadmill or anything, like, an idea would pop in my head. And that happened all the way through shooting. Like, so when people ask me if I want to do another movie, I'm like, you, that story lives with you for, like, the rest of your life, and especially while you're doing it, no matter what you're doing. Like, you could be at dinner with your wife, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap, I got a, I got a note. <laughs> I have to sit to myself. Yep, exactly. Which yeah, I, I know is very, very annoying for them. Well, maybe sometimes, but when they know that that's what you're doing and that's your business, I think people understand. I mean, your wife is like by your side through all of it. No? No. <laughs> They're like, you rude fucking no, asshole. I, I understand. I get it. Because it's, we're never like really present. Like actors and filmmakers are never really present like they should be when they're mm-hmm. out with their friends or family. Because you don't know when something's going to come through. You could literally be at dinner in a conversation and your agent says, Hey, you got to audition for Steven Spielberg's movie tomorrow. We need you to put it on tape in the next hour. And you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just have to leave. You you're like, Sorry. <laughs> That's kind of how it worked with infamous. Actually. We were, we were out and about when that second audition came in and we were supposed to, we had family in town and everything that we were doing stuff with. And I had to go, tell everybody bye and I brought my wife home with me and she actually helped me on that one most of the time I have to grab a different friend but on that one she just did an amazing job helping me mm-hmm. and we did it and we sent it off and then we left again and then they said hey we want you to do a totally different take on the character we want to see you do it two different ways and I was like oh so then I went back home again did it again oh geez so, uh, I really auditioned like three times I guess times for the movie not knowing if I was ever going to get anything but but you got it the most I've ever auditioned for a movie was like seven or eight times holy shit really god yes yes I auditioned for Magnificent Seven I think seven or eight times damn I wanted to be in that movie so bad like all the several of the parts that I auditioned for are in the movie and they're really cool I was like man I would have loved to have had that one and then there's the ones I can't talk about that were huge, huge movies and TV shows that would have hopefully skyrocketed my career that I thought they were gonna. And then they pulled the trigger at the last minute and said, no, we're not using you. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. It's the like first you-, time you get that call, though, man, you just can't, you can't handle it. You can't handle a call like that. You can't handle it when you get hired and you definitely can't hire it when you get let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's one like of the projects I think I, 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 I got called on was a Marvel one. It was a really <gasps> good part in a Marvel movie. Oh, man. If I recall. I don't, re- I don't remember which one. 
Well, I do, but I can't tell you. You're like, we have to sign NDAs on everything. Yeah, you're like, fuck but them anyways. <laughs> some kind of Marvel movie. Uh, no, yeah. I'm not ever going to say that. There's going to be more Marvel movies. Yeah, those aren't ever going to end. <laughs> it's like... But this was a really cool Marvel movie, and it was a really cool role, you know. Uh, and it's going to be painful to the day I die. <laughs> you're like, I'm never that. forgetting that. I'm traumatized. <laughs> oh, man. But I am. Thing- Every time I see the fucking movie, I go, you're like, I could have done that better, damn it. <laughs> I guarantee even the A-list actors are the same way. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. You got to be competitive if you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. You, you got to want it. You're going to have to fight for anything that you want. So, of course, you should be a little pissed off if at the last minute, you know, at the 11th hour, you get shit canned or they go with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about that with like the Back to the Future thing. Can you imagine Eric Stoltz when he got fired after filming almost the entire movie? I didn't know that happened. Back to the Future? Yeah. If you look up the story of Back to the Future, they had filmed the entire thing almost with Eric Stoltz. And then they fired him and brought in Michael J. Fox to do the <gasps> whole thing again. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, well, that would suck. I'd be so pissed. That'd There's all kinds of stories like that in the industry. There's tons of stories like that. Damn. Did you ever hear that Magnum P.I., uh, Tom Selleck, was supposed to be Indiana Jones? No. Yep. He was Indiana Jones, and then uh, at the 11th hour, he couldn't get out of his contract of Magnum P.I., so they were like, screw it, just go with uh, this guy. And Harrison Ford, right? Yep. Harrison Ford was not the number one choice. I mean, who, who knows where he was on the list? Yeah. Damn, no, I didn't know that Usually either. if you get cast as a lead in a major movie, it's an accidental thing most mm-hmm. of the time. It's usually because their first five choices fell through or something. Meaning if it's a no-name actor. Mm-hmm. At least it was back then. Because Harrison Ford wasn't that big when he got Indiana Jones. He wasn't that well-known. No, he wasn't. Damn. But he definitely is today. Fuck yeah, he is. Freaking damn millionaire. Don't we all want that? We will be there one day. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> me too. It's like, man, I'm trying. I thought for sure Cherokee Creek was going to put me there. I was like, I, I was like, at worst, it'll make a quarter of a million dollars, and I'll at least be able to get a car and put a down payment on a, a house. Yeah. Because I bet everything on the movie. I was like, ah, I just kept putting all everything I had into it, everything I had, and I thought, and it was doing very well. We'll never know how well it did because they stole everything, but I think it was doing really well. Hmm back when it was uh, when it first came out on itunes and amazon and all that I, I'd, I'd be interested to find out what the real numbers were no because then you'll be sad I'm sure they well that money. i'm sure it grows well shit well oh yeah it pisses me off and it, it's, it's even worse that the legal system protects people like that oh yeah but i mean look at what's happening today i mean and the legal system's not doing shit to anybody so no no i agree um, let Unless me you believe in vigilante justice, you're not going to get any justice right now, which <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's true, right? I mean, what are you supposed to do? Can you imagine if someone just came up and blew up your fucking business right now? I'd be so fucking pissed. Fuck yeah. I, yeah, I would too. Well, and at my work, it's funny. It's not funny, but um, my boss was going to do um, like pavers kind of going around the business. And so he has this big pallet of fucking pavers outside. And then that was right before the riot started. I'm like, people are going to think you fucking put those there for rioters. 
you left him outside, people are going to think like, oh, he's one of those wow. ones that put him outside, but we don't have the riots here because we shoot. Yeah, you better get that shit out of here. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we're all, we all carry guns. All right, so now we're at the end of the show where you can- um where you can let everybody know where to find you on find your movies and what movie to check out that you just did infamous so go ahead and let everybody know cool all right well you can find todd jenkins me on facebook and instagram and you can find the movie cherokee creek on facebook and instagram also uh cherokee creek is available on amazon for 99 cents to rent 4.99 to own on digital and hd if you prefer physical media like I do and most people do, you can get the Blu-ray from Screen Team releasing. I think it might still be on sale for $14.99. If not, it's regular $19.99. Which isn't bad and it's worth it. In. It's totally worth it. Totally and worth get it. it from Screen Team releasing. Do not buy it from Amazon. Mm -hmm. Amazon's going to charge you more money and they're going to take more money from us. So Screen mm -hmm. Team releasing is the best way to buy the movie. Uh, currently, I'm in the movie Infamous, starring Bella Thorne, uh, directed by Joshua Caldwell. Also, Jake Manley is in it, and myself. You'll also see Billy Blair in it from Cherokee Creek as well. That is at, hopefully, your local drive-in theater or nearby the drive-in theater. And it's also available on all the VOD platforms, including iTunes, Amazon, uh, Vudu, Google. Google Play, I believe, mm -hmm. and yep. Fandango, I think. So just about everywhere you can see that one. Totally it's worth an awesome it. Awesome shoot 'em up movie about what happened. What's that? I said totally worth it. It was yeah, really good. It's about uh, Bella Thorne. His character is obsessed with social media, and she takes things a little too far to get followers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I—that's all I got. All right. So and thank this you. This is mineral water, by the way. I'm not drinking it today. Like vodka, whatever. <laughs> Start early. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> all right well i want to thank you so much for coming on it's been a lot of fun as always and i will definitely want to get you back on here soon and talk some more about your stuff awesome thank you so much for having me it's always a blast and we appreciate all your support and without people like you we would not be able to do this at all so thank you for everything that you do for us you're welcome and i will talk to you soon awesome all right bye, -bye. bye.